HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Washington Wine. Download the Map My Washington Wine app. It's Map My W-A Wine and get all the Washington Wine right in your hand. Washington Wine, this is now. If your food media diet is fueled by HRN, become a monthly donor today. Visit heritageradionetwork.org slash donate. Hey there, and welcome to the Feed Feed podcast. I'm Alexis Santos, a food editor at the Feed Feed, the world's largest crowdsourced food publication and social media community, serving as your daily source for what to cook, bake, eat, and drink. Throughout season four of the Feed Feed podcast, we will be trying to help you solve the daily question that we are all faced with, which is what's for dinner? Each week, we will be speaking with members of the hashtag Feed Feed community, who are a constant source of ideas and inspiration and help us get dinner on the table every night. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Kevin Lee, a.k.a. at Chef Boy Lee on social media. Kevin is a trained chef with experience working at Michelin-starred restaurants. He's recently transitioned into an all-star food content creator, creating delicious and viral videos. He cooks French and Italian cuisine, but also likes to blend in some Korean and Asian food into the mix. Check out his mouth-watering videos on TikTok at Chef Boy Lee and Instagram at Chef Boy Lee underscore. Welcome to the Feed Feed Podcast, Kevin. I am thrilled to have you. Thank you for having me. Of course. Yes. So everything you make looks absolutely delicious, and it makes sense that you have so much restaurant experience. But (laughs) how did you... Thank you. (laughs) Tell me how you decide, like, what was the situation that brought you from working in restaurants to creating content on the internet, basically? Um, Yeah, so I was... I went to culinary school in New York. I worked uh, a couple of restaurants there for a bit. And then I actually moved to L.A. because I was trying to open a restaurant with a friend of mine. Uh, he was working at another restaurant in New York. Um, but that actually fell through. It didn't work out. And so I actually took a break for, from cooking for a while, like a couple of years. And then quarantine kind of hit. And I was like, man, I need to I need to do something during quarantine. You know, I can't just sit around and do nothing. I get a cook more. I think everybody was cooking during quarantine. So I kind of got back into it and I actually started doing Twitch first. Um, yeah. But then I was like, man, nobody wants to watch maybe like three, four hours of cooking and prepping. So I was like, there's gotta be something quicker. So all my friends were like, you should make 
TikTok videos. And um, and that's kind of how I started doing videos on TikTok and stuff like that. So in a nutshell, well, that's it. Oh, yeah. And the, rest, <laughs> and the rest was history. So which restaurants did you work at in New York? Uh, I worked briefly at John George. Um, and then I did my first, that was like kind of like an externship then thing. And then I mm -hmm. worked at, what's it called? Um, Maria. Mm. I was at Maria uh, for a bit. And then I worked at Restaurant Danielle. Just the last restaurant I worked at before moving to LA. So well, there you go. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, some so an all-star lineup of restaurants that you've worked at. <laughs> yeah. Just a line cook there. I wasn't that like a head chef or anything, but still legit. We we're still we're still all here for it. We love it. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think it really translates to to what you do, just kind of like how I mean you kind of have that high caliber cuisine, but also making it more approachable to a wider audience so i do think that comes yeah. through so yes it's good stuff all around so take me back to the beginning so you are korean are you korean on both sides what is kind of your food background as it comes to your family like what did you kind of grow up eating uh yeah so korean parents um my mom cooked korean food she, she was a good cook and she would always cook for us and so i was like always in the kitchen with her um helping her i wasn't necessarily cooking but i was just like eating uh it'd be her or my grandmother's would always be there cooking so uh, the interest in like cooking and food was there since the early age and um yeah i don't know i just i never got sick of it i just the passion kept growing and yeah, i remember in like high school i really wanted to go to cook this is like when gordon ramsay <laughs> was like just coming around so yeah just uh always i don't know i just always like cooking and <laughs> asian food is kind of it's always like korean food always be my favorite i guess it's like comfort food and so yeah i don't know just the passion's always been there since a kid yeah and never so stopped so. <laughs> so what were some of your favorite dishes growing up favorite dishes are you familiar with korean food um a little kinda? bit i've interviewed i've at this point i've now interviewed a fair amount of I guess Korean Koreans. content creators like Jessica mm -hmm. and oh, yeah. Tina, like okay. Doobie Doobop. So I've learned a yeah. little bit, but not like super familiar. But yeah, lay it on me. Let's hear it. <laughs> uh, well, like there's like the ones that everybody kind of knows is like Korean barbecue type of meats, like kalbi, bulgogi, stuff like that. Um, so like those will always be like for sure, like top, my favorites. Um, I really like chapche. I made a video about it. I don't know if you saw it. It's like the Korean vermicelli noodles kind of tossed with like vegetables and meat. Um, that's like one of my favorites, but yeah, I don't know. There's just so many, like tons of soups. If you know, like if you go in Korean restaurants in New York or LA, there's a lot of restaurants with, like Korean soups and rice. That's like pretty staple in Korean uh, cuisine. And yeah, it's just more like whatever I'm craving, but I like, I like them all. <laughs> oh, some, yeah. Yeah. So. so would you say that there's like, I guess a, probably lack of general knowledge here in the States of like different Korean dishes outside of like bibimbap and, you know, like things that are very, I guess, well known. Cause I personally am like trying to learn more about it, but I feel like there's not a whole lot of like general knowledge about all these dishes. Would you say yeah, that's true? I, I would agree with that. I feel like it's, yeah, they don't like most people, like if you're not Korean, they just know like Korean barbecue and like certain dishes. Right. And, but then, like, there's so many other dishes in Korean cuisine that are, like, 
I think even better, but pe- most people don't know about. And it's like not really portrayed somehow. So I don't know. Yeah, there's definitely that. Yeah. Yeah. So are you trying to kind of bring some more awareness to that cuisine, would you say? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to bring more awareness. Like I don't necessarily make tons of Korean food um, in my uh, like videos, but um, I would love to like eventually make um, certain dishes. But there's also a thing like when I make my videos, it has not like it has to be a certain level, but like a certain aesthetic. Sometimes Korean dishes could be a little bit too like rustic or like home style kind of. So I, I guess if I can somehow elevate it, but yeah, I would love to um, show more of these dishes that people don't know about and you know, teach people about my people's foods, stuff yeah. like that. So. Well, you've got one person here who would love that. So <laughs> <laughs> that's Thank all you. you need. That's all you need, right? <laughs> yeah. So when you were, I know you said you weren't super involved in the kitchen when you were little and your mm-hmm. parents and your grandparents were cooking, but I guess what were at some of your earliest food memories where you kind of like, helping I don't know make noodles or like was there anything that you kind of started doing as you kind of had this passion from a young age uh yeah you know like my mom I would always be tasting everything she's doing like like all the components um not even just like final part like just the things on along the way her Mm -hmm. prep but like one of the things like I have memory is like there's a Korean soup called sujebi which is like um it's kind of like a fish like anchovy broth type of soup, kind of like a Korean version of like a dashi. Um, and so, but then like, there's n- it's not noodles. It's 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 just kind of like hand torn dough. And so it's okay. just like yeah, it's just very like rustic um, home style. But uh, I would always like what that was like my favorite thing to make with my mom because she, she would just like rip dough and you're supposed to make it pretty small so it cooks evenly. But like I would just like make these weird shapes. I don't know <laughs> out of the dough. <laughs> But that was like fun for me because it's like it's I felt like I was cooking. I wasn't really cooking, but like in my edit as a kid, I thought I was cooking. So, yeah, like things like that was like fun for me. And that's like my memory. When I think of cooking with my mom, I don't know. I somehow think of that dish a lot. I should Aww. probably maybe I should make that video. I don't know. You should. <laughs> I, I think that'd be like a really cute story to tell. And it's honestly like a more productive version of play-doh like you basically were playing yeah. with play-doh but helping make food it. yes yeah. <laughs> i would make like weird shapes like these it wouldn't do it wouldn't even cook properly because like the dough would be so thick but like i would look for it i'll be like mom make sure like you put that piece i made in my bowl and oh. yeah I don't know. it was fun i thought it was fun so that's so cute what kind of shapes did you make did you try to make like animals and things <laughs> yeah no like like stars like these huge like balls i don't know like i would try to make like fish or just weird weird things i don't know (laughs) (laughs) that's (laughs) that's a vibe no i think you should definitely make a video about that because that's like a super cute story and you can make like little shapes that you used to make when you were when you were a kid yeah i made a video with my mom and uh it did pretty okay yeah maybe i should I go visit home and I make it with her again. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Well, there we go. We're, we're, we're multitasking here. We're yeah. podcast interviewing, coming up with video ideas. We are, we're doing it all, killing many birds Thank with the you. same Thank stone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. So what, um, when you started being more formally trained in yes. culinary, I guess. So tell me about kind of your cooking style. So you, I know you said you cook French and Italian, but you obviously have Korean roots. So what was this mm-hmm. kind of evolution of your cooking style? Um, so I think as a kid, I I loved Korean food and I, and I still really like it now, but there was a period where like I was watching 
like okay like as a kid i would uh, i only knew korean food because that's all my mom would make and you know i, I wasn't going out and then kind of like near like teenager stuff like i was watching more like the food network and i was learning about different cuisines like watching and seeing all these um food network stars make food i was like man i want to to me i thought that was like the fancier thing in my eyes you know i kind of like slightly looked down on korean food for a little bit i was like oh it's not as fancy i want to learn how to make like french and italian type of things during the time i was like okay this is like the thing that everybody thinks is fancy so like i kind of switched how i thought at the time i don't think this way anymore necessarily but like i was like okay i want to learn how to make this type of food like top level michelin food and so i was just like i would i remember like i would try to recreate all these dishes like i would go on like the food network website and like try making it for my parents and for my friends and i was just like okay i just want to i just kept like i was like obsessed with trying out new recipes and i was like man I like it enough that like I want to go to cooking school and I remember asking my mom I was like can I go to cooking school and she's like no <laughs> no you gotta go to college and she, like at the time like she didn't think it, like it wasn't even that popular to be a cook at the time mm -hmm. and so I went to I finished college and I still was interested in cooking cooking school and she's like you still like it this much okay we'll support you like you go and yeah even in college I was like cooking for my friends and the, like I'd go to their apartments or like I was in charge of this like I was in this Korean Christian fellowship group and I was in charge of making the food and like I would kind of experiment on them and stuff but yeah I was um I just for me at, at the time I thought like French technique and stuff I was learning about that I was like man this is like the way I guess to like really elevate your food and so when I went to culinary school I was like, I don't want to waste time. I just, I'm not here to make friends. I just want to focus, learn uh, as much as I can in the shortest amount of time. And I was just like really focused. And yeah, I only wanted to learn French and Italian at the time. And that's kind of what I went after. And like when I went to New York cooking uh, culinary school, I just staged at the, like those type of restaurants. I was only interested in working there. And then, but like now that I've learned it and like I have the technique down, like it's kind of like gotten back to like Asian food. Like I, kind of want to like apply those techniques to Asian food and stuff mm. like that. So yeah, that's kind of like my train of thought was kind of like that. Um, yeah. Interesting. That, no, that, that certainly makes sense. And I think that, you know, that is the more typical route that, that chefs take, but I, yeah, I think it's, it's cool that you, you learned about it and now you can apply those kind of like formal training learnings into different you know different cuisines mm -hmm. that are like you know that you grew up with and kind of like combine that I think I think that's super cool so what are I guess is there any dishes that you've made that kind of like combine say like I don't know super French technique with Korean roots is there anything that you've done like that yeah kind of like I remember like the first time I tried it out like I was still working in New York and um this is Korean dish uh, my Korean is like, like not the best. I think it's called tak, what we call it is like takbokumtang, or it's like a braised spicy chicken. Mm -hmm. um, but in like how you make it, how like a Korean person would make it is just you kind of just throw everything into a pot and let it cook, low and slow. Like there's no, you're not cooking things separately and adding it together. At the end, it's just like all cooked in a pot. It's very like home cooking, mm -hmm. rustic. Uh, but I was like, okay, I want to try making it a little bit different like i guess french technique so like i would first sear the chicken off 
would like French the bones where like you cut the skin off so that the bone kind of sticks out and it looks a little bit prettier. Um, I would like roast the vegetables first, kind of. I'd make, instead of using water, I would make chicken stock and use that instead. So like, it's like those type of things that I kind of did to kind of add a little, elevate a little bit to get like a little bit of a cleaner um, end product. But yeah, like that was like the first time I kind of experimented with it. And then like, this is kalbi chim. I don't know if you know what that is. It's kind of yeah. similar to braised short ribs. And you like, everybody knows like French braised short ribs. Um, but I just kind of took that technique and use Korean ingredients, which is more of like a sweeter, like Korean barbecue type of flavor. And yeah, just applying the French techniques with Korean ingredients, kind of. So that yeah, sounds was, so good. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cool too, right? I don't know. I, I thought it was different. I didn't see anybody do it at the time. So yeah, I like that. Have you seen? I I can't really think off the top of my head like that type of a fusion restaurant. There's a restaurant here in New York that I love called Kimiko, which is. Um, it's kind of like Japanese Italian fusion, but there's mm. Korean stuff that gets thrown in there as well. Like one of the most popular dishes is a uh, crispy rice cake lasagna. Mm. So yeah, she uses the the Korean rice cakes and basically makes them with like a bunch of butter and like they, she uses um, like a dashi and um, kimchi and basically turns that into a lasagna with like cheese and sausage and stuff. Like, isn't that, that crazy? That, that sounds that sounds awesome, actually. Whoa, it's so that, good. That sounds it's, crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it's one of their most popular dishes, and it's an incredibly popular restaurant. So it's kind of opened my eyes mm-hmm. to kind of combining that, you know, those Asian flavors with like basically like cheesy cuisines, like you know, yeah. <laughs> in the Italian French side of things, because you don't. You don't see a lot of that in Japanese cuisine, like dishes with a lot of cheese, I would say. So it was. Yeah, not really. Yeah, they don't. I feel like they kind of stay away from their cuisine. Or it's yeah. Like, yeah, it's, so that's very interesting. Yeah, no, it's super good. And I know that I've talked to someone else about this how um, kind of cheesiness, like cheesy dishes in mm-hmm. Korea were are kind of like relatively new. Like it wasn't something that was always mm-hmm. happening because I, I feel like I see a lot of that like the you know like the Korean corn dogs and yeah. like different things that are like super cheesy and Atina was telling me that that's kind of a new thing for Korean cuisine is that true it's I, I th- more yeah I think so I think more in the past I don't know how many years but it, it's definitely a newer type of trend like they would put um okay well one thing that they used to do a long time ago and I thought it was weird at the time but it's now it seems pretty normal so they would put cheese on ramen like oh. my like my dad would put like craft single craft american <laughs> cheese on ramen like korean ramen and i thought it was gross at the time but now like everybody's like kind of doing it actually or like at home people like people love doing it and so um like that is the only thing i can think of like where they would put cheese in like an older dish but now yeah like tteokbokki do you know what that is like the korean yes. spice uh-huh but, they put like cheese on that and then like broil it or like blowtorch it kind of to melt it. Um, yeah, like corn cheese. It's a really popular Korean bar food. And then it's just like cheese, mayonnaise and like corn. And yeah, like the corn dog thing. It's like huge right now, especially in LA. There's a place here in K-Town that's like really busy all the time. And like, yeah, it's all that cheesy goodness yeah. on Korean food. So 
Interesting. Well, I mean, I'm certainly here for it. Like, I'm happy that that evolution has taken place because yeah. <laughs> big fan of cheese. Yeah, too, so. <laughs> oh, my God. So with those Kraft American singles on yes. the Rama, did it like melt into it or was it like, oh, I can't even fathom what I, that consistency y- was like? Yeah, because like it doesn't melt the same way, kind of, right? It kind of right. just like, well, no, what they would do is you'd make the like the Korean ramen, the instant ramen uh, from the package, and then you just put it, after you're done cooking it, my dad would just, or people would just put the slice on top and not touch it. So it, you wouldn't mix it in. You would just kind of like leave it there. It kind of melted, not really, because it doesn't really melt. And then you just kind of <laughs> rip off a piece and eat it with the noodles, I guess. But yeah, that's that's how they eat it. And yeah, you're not supposed to touch it. And I mean, I <laughs> it's feel interesting, like we, right? <laughs> I kind of want to try that. <laughs> you should. I mean, you should, you should try it. <laughs> that sounds like very interesting, but I'm sure it's good. Like, I bet that's delicious. Yeah, no, like, a lot of people like it. You okay. know, I, yeah, I actually still haven't tried it. Like, because of how my dad portrayed it, like, as a kid, I, I never wanted to try it, but <laughs> a lot of my friends, I should try it. I should try it too. Okay, well, let's do it. Yeah, we'll both yeah, do it. We'll, we'll let each it. other know how it we'll goes. Make it, yeah, I'll just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I say no more. Like you've convinced yeah. me. There, was, there especially with like, yeah, the right. Like I feel like if it's like kind of like cheese pulley and like then you mm-hmm. got like the noodles. Like ooh, ooh, I'm getting hungry. That sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm convinced. So tell me with your you, when you're cooking for yourself. I'm sure that's probably mm-hmm. a different situation than what you would prepare for others or what you would make for your content. So when you're cooking for yourself and if anybody else that you're cooking for, for dinner at night, mm-hmm. like how are you kind of approaching like your every day, your day to day, like, Hey, what's for dinner? <laughs> um, if I'm cooking, honestly, like when I cook for myself and like, I've been cooking for a while now, so it's actually pretty simple. Like I don't, I don't go all out for myself, obviously. And a lot of the things that like cooks enjoy cooking for others because they like to get that reaction right mm-hmm. and, and like knowing that somebody enjoyed their food is like the biggest thing that we liked um mm-hmm. but if i'm cooking for myself i'm just like oh it's just me so um yeah i, I cook pretty simple like i will make I, I cook simple but i try to still put some technique and like infuse as much flavor like i do try to eat pretty healthy most of the time so like i'll marinate a bunch of chicken breast kind of and but, uh, I, you know, when people eat chicken breast, they eat it with just, like, olive oil, salt, and pepper, right? Garlic. Yes. But, like, I try to marinate it with, like, herbs and, like, Korean spices. And so it's, like, still kind of healthy-ish, but tons of flavor, I guess. Flavorful. Not boring. For, yeah. I just, because I, I, I get sick of things, too, right? So I can't eat the same thing every day if it tastes boring and bland. Um, so, I, yeah, whatever it may be or just, like... I'll buy meats, steaks, and I'll just kind of just cook one real quick. I won't do like all the butter based thing, but I'll still cook it to like medium rare, you know, stuff like that. Um, just simple cooked well for myself. But if I cook for friends, I kind of go out a little bit, like I'll try to impress a little bit. So <laughs> I'll make a little bit fancier for them, obviously, because yeah, they're going to judge my food all the time. So yeah, you're the cook. So you better, right. you better do a good job. They're going to be like, what? This is your cook and you made this, this, this crap. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so I try, yeah, I try to make nicer things. And then if it's like a special occasion, like a holiday or something then I kind of really go all out, but yeah, I don't actually cook for friends that often as I used to, huh. but I still, so, I still do. Yeah, there, but yeah. yeah. What kind of side dishes are you making for yourself? I know you mentioned kind of like the meat 
uh-huh. main proteins that you make when you're, but what kind of stuff do you have on the side usually? Uh, if it's for myself, I keep it pretty simple. Like I buy a lot of, I don't actually like, like raw vegetables, I guess, like salads. I'd rather like yeah. kind of cook my vegetables, either like steam it or saute or whatever. But, um, lately I've been eating a lot of like Chinese broccoli and like stuff like that, like broccolini, broccoli rob, or, um, whatever it may be, you know, if it's like, I'll pick one or whatever's in season, kind of whatever looks good. And then I'll kind of, because I'm trying to eat a little healthier. I don't, I, I don't know. I try to just kind of cook it lightly with like garlic salt or either Korean spices. If I'm feeling in the mood, depending on what I'm making, if it goes with it, but I don't know. I just, I kind of keep it simple. Nothing yeah. crazy. No, like scalp potatoes or nothing like that. I don't really <laughs> eat like that. I may, I'll make that for a video, but not for myself. I just keep it pretty simple. I, I'll either blanch it quick or steam it, quick saute, infuse it with some herbs or, you know, garlic, stuff like that, and then just season it properly. And that's pretty much it. So. Well, you are a vision of health and wellness, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> trying to, yeah, I'm trying to. Yeah, so. making me feel bad about myself over here. I'm like, well, are, uh, you, are you just eating like whatever all the time? I mean, you. Uh, yeah. No, I. You know, I go out. If I go out, yeah, you know, obviously going out to eat is mm-hmm. one of my favorite things. So you know, kind of yeah. like order whatever I want. And mm-hmm. if I'm cooking, you know, I feel like if I were to just have like protein and like I don't know, like blanched vegetables, like it's I would just, like, just it's be so boring sad. For you. Yeah, yeah, I would just be so sad. Um, <laughs> I yeah. should. But... Oh, it's like it, it's tasty though if it's like cooked well. Yeah, it's easy, you know, I don't know. It can be I guess really if good. you've got like the chef technique that you have, as you uh-huh. know, as far as like imposing flavor into things and yeah. making them more exciting, I think maybe that's that's the, probably the challenge more than like, anything, and more than anything is. Uh, Sorry, I, I, enticing like i always also have like a couple things like kind of prepped on the side like stocked like for example like let's say like i did steak and like asparagus um like i steam it or whatever i kind of quickly lightly cook it keep it al dente uh season it well and then like you can t- top it with like crispy shallots or something you know like just something easy like that it still adds a ton of flavor and you get different textures and it's still tasty i don't know so like i still like i'll keep certain things um like crispy shouts or like certain ingredients like that on the side in case i want to just garnish things at the end that's a good idea crispy shouts and how do you make those uh well there's many chefs will tell you different ways but how one of the ways we used to make it at danielle was um if you want to take the extra work you can kind of soak it in milk to take out some of the bitterness it'll be you'll have a sweeter product you don't have to this it's completely unnecessary but uh, we would soak it in like milk for an hour, drain it, and then you can just kind of, depending on what flour you have, you can use regular flour, AP flour, you can use rice flour. Uh, you just kind of coat it in that lightly, and then you just kind of cook it in oil. You just okay. can deep fry it, or you can saute it quickly, get a nice little crisp, put it on a little paper towel, and uh, once it kind of dries out, store it up in a container, and you have that for... Uh, anything for a week or two so okay keep it in the fridge well, it'll last longer <laughs> i'm right i'm taking notes i'm yeah. learning <laughs> a lot of good ways to make my food less boring when i'm trying to eat healthy so that's yeah. that's important yeah, so you said good, right? yes you said the crispy shallots what are some other things that you kind of always have in your kitchen 
Like, what are some staples in the Chef Kevin kitchen? Uh, like, besides, like, sauces and, like, seasoning type of stuff? Or, or those, too. I mean, if there's anything out of the ordinary. Not, like, salt, no. obviously. <laughs> salt, yes. Yeah, salt, well, pepper. There is a certain kosher salt that many chefs will use. It's that is it diamond, the diamond crystal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like yeah. every restaurant I work, they always just use that one. So it's just got the right size to it, the texture. Um, but I, I don't know. I use, I like to use liquid aminos too, like soy sauce, Ooh. liquid aminos. It's gluten free. Uh, it has a good flavor to it. Um, I actually season my steaks with that. Is that weird? I think what it tastes is the flavor really, profile? Is it just salty? It's, it's kind of like soy sauce, but it has a slightly different flavor. Um, but I just feel like it adds a nice, I don't know, I just like the flavor. So, like, I'll infuse that with the steak sometimes. If I'm, like, butter basting it, I will actually, like, add that to the butter base at the end and then just, like, throw that in the oven with on top of the steak. Yum. Um, but, yeah, it tastes, it tastes good. I, don't know, I think it tastes great. It's a secret. So, there you go. That is a secret. That's <laughs> a very good secret. All right, we're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. Hey, this is Hannah, HRN's program manager. You may have noticed that we have a whole new look. We also launched a new website that's going to make your listening easier and more enjoyable than ever before. HRN is the original food podcast network. And as we enter a new chapter in our 12-year history, I want to ask you to invest in HRN for the long haul. If you rely on this show to fuel your food media diet, become a monthly sustaining member today. Our members keep the voice of America's food movement alive and kicking. Your donations support this podcast along with 40 other shows on Heritage Radio Network. Your contribution helps give HRN the security we need to stay on the airwaves throughout the pandemic and your continued support is allowing us to reopen our studio. Plus, we like to give our regular members special treatment. So sign up to become a monthly donor and get access to our secret menu. We've gathered together exclusive discounts and offers from some of your favorite food and beverage brands. So you get to enjoy insider pricing on goods that will ship right to your door. Join our community of monthly donors and special deals will come your way throughout the summer. So can you make a gift of five or $10 a month? It'll show me and our whole team at HRN how much this podcast and food radio in general means to you. Become a monthly sustaining member today at heritageradionetwork.org slash donate. All right, so Chef Kevin, how often do you grocery shop? That's something that I always want to know. Mm, well, more often now because I'm making videos and stuff. Um, but you know what? Even like before, I actually really enjoy just going to the grocery store. Like for me, it's fun. So like we have these Korean markets here in LA that like have have like a bunch of cool ingredients like um the vegetables and fruits are really good so like i actually try to when i go grocery shopping i don't try to buy too much because because i enjoy going to the grocery store i try to buy a little bit so i can i go like maybe twice a week okay is that a lot i don't know i I mean sometimes three sometimes three but like i buy a little because i know i'm gonna run out just so i can go again 
and that way it stays fresher too. Like, I don't know. You just set it up in a way so that you have to go back, basically. Yeah, I was just like, people are like, why don't you just buy a bunch of it? I'm just like, well, I kind of like going to the grocery store. It's fun for me, and it's just kind of therapeutic. But, <laughs> yeah, like two, three times a week. And I'll go to, okay. like, Whole Foods, Korean Market, Costco, like, wherever. So, So yeah, you're spending a lot of time grocery shopping, but I guess there are worse ways to spend time, huh? Yeah. I don't know. It, it could definitely be worse. I mean, be worse. That sounds good. Um, so then also tell me some other some other staples that you have. I know we, we talked about the mm. shallots and the liquid aminos. Yeah. Like what are some other like pantry or fridge staples you always have on hand? Like when you're going to the grocery store, you're doing this multiple times a week. Mm. You're trying to keep things fresh. But what are some like things that you, I guess, kind of always have stocked, I guess? Um, well, like butter for sure. Butter. Um, and you can use any type um i like to have like i guess onion celery carrots just for like mirepoix i feel like that's pretty standard um because i i don't necessarily make stocks all the time but sometimes i'll make if i i buy a chicken i'll have a bone like the carcass i'll try to make a quick mirepoix right away so like it's kind of nice to have those things there just in case i want to do stuff like that um very french cuisine of you kind of, yeah i guess yeah. <laughs> uh i always have like bread i guess different types of bread and i'll just kind of leave it in my freezer too and then just kind of throw it in the oven um because i can make i can make toasted breadcrumbs which i like to put on top of my pasta um that's also another thing we used to do that at Maria. was uh they would i i know it's not, i don't know if they changed the recipe but i think it was like breadcrumbs with garlic oregano or parsley i it's one of my videos, but like, yeah, I I like to toss that on top of my pastas because it has a nice, it's like slightly salty. It has like garlicky flavor and it's like crispy. I like Ooh. different textures when I when I cook, and so that just adds the crispy texture. Ooh, that's so, another hot tip to yeah. make like garlicky little breadcrumbs bread yeah, to go just, on top of pasta. Toast it with olive oil, keep nice and golden, and that's just like the crispy shots. You just have it right next to the whatever when you're cooking you just garnish on top so oh my gosh okay another hot tip you've got me you're yeah. putting me on to many things right now okay this is all important <laughs> <laughs> what else? so tell me yes tell me who inspires you uh inspires me yeah it's tough i i think more when i was i don't actually like follow a ton of chefs anymore like or restaurants i feel like i'm kind of out of it lately but when i was younger kind of like starting um for sure it was like gordon ramsay first um and this is like before all you know he blew up like crazy um uh, i just i don't know I, I remember when people thought he was like an asshole but i was like you know what yeah he could be but like i feel like he has a good work ethic and i, don't know, I just respected it so he was like the first one who kind of got me interested into cooking and then like once i moved to new york and stuff i guess it was like the chefs that i work with like Daniel Baloud, Michael White, who was the chef at Maria. Um, I really like Thomas Keller, Daniel Hume. Um, and then now that I'm trying to learn about other cuisines and stuff, like, I don't have you heard of the restaurant Benu, San Francisco? It's like, it's like Korean French, kind of like what I was saying, but it's Ooh, like very, very, yeah. it's, like, it's like a three Michelin star. It's like super fancy, but like Corey Lee's the head chef there. And I like, kind of really like what he's doing over there i think it's cool um but yeah i don't know there's just a few there's just so many so many cooks like eric yes. repair 
stuff like that. So those are good ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. An all-star cast of characters yeah. here that that inspires you. That's amazing. Sure. So where I know you kind of you were in restaurants and now you're yeah. doing content. Where do you see yourself? Like what are kind of like your future goals and aspirations with what you're with what you're doing right now? Um, yeah, so it's I think it's been like three months now when I started. About three months. So like I still think it's kind of new to me. So I'm like, I'm still figuring it out. But um, I I would love to keep making content, keep growing. Because, like, there's opportunities that come from this, right? Like, people want to work with you or you can do collaborations. Um, I, I do want to, like, make YouTube videos, too. I'm actually in, um, in the works for that, like, with a friend of mine. We're trying to do something with that. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I guess... And what I want to do with this is keep growing and make money from possibly content and also like teaching people and uh, maybe do some cooking classes, be a restaurateur. I do want to open restaurants in the future sometime. I don't know when, but yeah, maybe have have my own show and restaurateur that would be my well, dream that. that would be my dream that would be my dream i think yes yeah i was gonna ask if you like wanted to get back into the restaurants or not yeah. do you think you do uh yeah i think i think so uh, i mean as i was like tiring physically as it could be like i still really enjoy that atmosphere and like things like working under pressure things like that i i do enjoy mm. so i think do you so. miss it a little bit uh, yeah I, I miss it, and then, like, I'm sure if I went back for a day, I'd be like, oh, there you go. <laughs> but no, no, I, yeah. I, I did a couple pop-ups. It's not the same level with, like, um, H. Wu. Him and I, like, kind of do pop-ups here and there. Mm -hmm. things, but, like, yeah, it's like, that's a lot of prep work we're still doing for, like, 18, 20 guests. And it's kind of, like, nostalgia. It's kind of almost like working in a restaurant. It's not the same thing, but, yeah, I mean, every time we do those, uh, I really enjoy it, so... Yeah, it oh, makes me miss that. cooking the restaurants, so. Yeah, I mean, the grass is always greener, of course. Like, you mm -hmm. feel like you miss it now, and like you said, if you went back and you'd be like, oh, God, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what have I done? But, yeah, I think that kind of having that balance of both, you know, like not having to do the grueling, like, day in, day out, but kind of mm -hmm. giving yourself that experience in yeah. smaller doses here and there mm -hmm. seems like a sane decision, if you ask me, but... <laughs> <laughs> Still getting to like flex those muscles and like you know prepare mm. for people under pressure and like have to yeah. like step out of your comfort zone and step out of the box and like make something delicious. But yeah, everything you're making looks amazing from what I can tell. So thank you. At least virtually, I'll have to <laughs> I'll have to taste it one day to decide yeah, for sure. Anytime. But <laughs> it all looks very good. Well, is there anything else important about your culinary journey or food or? inspiration or anything that I didn't ask you yet? Oh, man, I don't... I don't know. I Any burning of... questions? Any burning thoughts to get off your chest? Burning thoughts to get off my chest? Oh. <laughs> but I feel like we covered, you know? Yeah, all good, all good things. No, I'm excited to see you kind of incorporate that, your, your background with your, you know, your formal, yeah. you know, Italian and French training, and I think, yeah, I'll have to send you the information about that, um, 
that Korean rice cake lasagna dish because I think that would that uh, sounds eat. awesome. Yeah, I want to try, yeah. try that. So yes, yeah, no. If you ever come to New York, I'll take you there. You'll lose your mind. It's so cool. Take it. Yeah. Awesome. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you so much for chatting with me. It was such a pleasure to learn about you and how you became the Chef Boy Lee that you are today. And what is Chef Boy Lee? How did you come up with that name? Speaking of burning yeah, it, questions. Well, I was like trying. I had a. I don't know. I, I just, just like, I, mean, I, I can't think of a name. I wanted to do like Chef Boyardee type of thing. It was stupid. <laughs> and I was like, Chef Boyardee, but somebody had it already. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make, I think I was on like TikTok or something. And I was like, I need to make a name because I wanted to make a video. And I was like, I'll just put this for now and I'll change it later. And then Here you are. I just left it. I just left it. I don't know. It's, it's The name to me is kind of dumb, but I, I don't think it's that important to be honest. So. I, I, I like it. It's catchy <laughs> enough. <laughs> It could I, be worse. It could be worse. It could be better. It could be worse. It could be better. So, it could be worse. Yeah. Okay. So there was no deeper meaning there. Though. There is no deeper meaning, no. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, so, disappointing answer, but it's okay. We'll forgive you for that. <laughs> but yes, thank you. Absolute pleasure to learn all of this about you and the fact that your name, Chef Boy Lee, is not actually that meaningful. So that yeah. was probably the most important thing we learned here today. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. To learn more about the food and drink discovery platform that is The Feed Feed, head to thefeedfeed.com. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at The Feed Feed. And don't forget to follow Chef Kevin on Instagram at Chef Boy Lee underscore on Instagram and just at Chef Boy Lee on TikTok. If you have a food story to tell or want us to interview a blogger, cookbook author, chef, or restaurateur who has helped you solve that what's for dinner question, we would love your suggestions. Just send us a DM on Instagram. See you next time. The Feed Feed is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradio.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from our listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Thanks for listening.